going on, America? I am Graham Allen, and welcome to a candid edition of the Dear America podcast. Me and Jake sit back and we answer some of your questions in a more intimate setting. That's right. (laughs) Sit back, relax, and welcome to the newest episode of the Dear America podcast. Hey, what's going on, America? I am Graham Allen, and welcome to the show. Uh, Alyssa is not here. Jake has switched seats, and uh, yeah, it's dark in the studio. It's a rainy, cloudy Thursday that we're filming this. Uh, this is your Wednesday edition yes. for yeah, and so we have pre-recorded this episode. Because I will be out of town. And so, yeah, it happens sometimes. We travel a lot. And so we figured we actually got a lot of good responses the last time we had to yeah, do this. we did. We and did. so a lot of people said they really enjoyed it. So we figured that we would do it again. So we opened up the floor to some questions. Well, we're not going to do so much uh, current news because obviously this is a pre-recorded episode. So if something <laughs> astronomical is happening on Thursday. Sorry. We apologize. Uh, I'm not in the studio, so we are filming ahead of time. So, Jake, are you ready to answer some questions? Ready. All right. I need to not be monotone, so (laughs) I'm ready. All right. I'm trying to read, Jake. I'm from Mississippi. I can't do two things at once. All right. First question comes from Memer in Training. Cool. I'm going to try to, uh, the good questions, I'm going to try to uh, give you a little, little, uh, Shout out. Shout out there. Where did all the good men go? I've been trying to find myself a good man for quite some time. That's right. Uh, where did all the good men go? I think they're still around. I think that um, I said something in a speech back at the Young Women Leadership Summit. I said um, that chivalry isn't dead. It's in a stranglehold of mm-hmm. modern day feminism, yep. right? Yep. So I think what you're seeing is a lot of dudes... That well, Jake. Back in your single days, and mine as well. I mean, there's a game to it, right? Like, like there's a game. You go to the bar or church or wherever it is that you meet dudes, and you go in there, and you know, you gotta, you gotta try to play the field. I mean, you gotta, you gotta throw it out there. See if it works. If it don't work, okay, you move on to the next one. And and then you see, you, you know, in 2019, it's now against the rules to even try. Yeah. If yeah. a woman doesn't give you a contractually filled out uh, contract. notarized contract uh-huh. saying that she is okay with you, who she's never spoken to before, mm-hmm. but she's okay with you initiating conversation with her. Uh, you're in trouble, and it's killing everything. Good dudes are afraid to make a move, you know? And it's so funny because you hear these, uh, you know, 30-something-year-old ladies that are just like, I wish a man would just be a man and make a move. It's not the men's fault. It's not the men's fault that we are now afraid to make a move. I'm telling you right now, if I had listened to the first time that Alyssa Allen had told me no, we would not have three children. That's what I'm saying. You know, and that was not in the bedroom, though, Jake. I it didn't was, say it was. It in the was bedroom. just that. Hey, I'm Graham from so and so. Do you want to? It was kind of like. Or can I? You know, buy she gave you me. A, she gave me that drink. like a. Uh, 
like who do you think you are right, kind of right. guy you know kind of thing and but 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 there's there's relevance in that right, right. you know like girls always talk about they want to be pursued and they want to be exactly. chased and all this stuff fought uh, for apparently you don't want to be chased because god forbid somebody actually chased you <laughs> down Quit the chasing me stop chasing me uh anyway I so love you. so no i think the good men are still there uh ladies you just make it kind of difficult on yeah. the guys but um stand up against the feminist movement anyway memer in training good question all right moving on so this one comes from jada underscore ag uh hey jada actually i really want to talk about this so by the time we talk about it the 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 fad will be over but there was a picture going around and i posted all my stories of this amc theater uh, not allowing uh Mm -hmm. undercover cops and it even said cops of any kind um, hang on, let me. Let, that doesn't let me, make any sense. Let, let me find it, and then I'll actually read what it says verbatim. And it wasn't AMC said they didn't. Put so, it up there, so, right? so this is what it says. It says, "Please note, we are enforcing a strict no undercover officer policy for all showings of." And it's got a picture of the Joker. Uh, it says, due to safety concerns in light of socioeconomic de- demographics at this location, no law enforcement of any kind will be admitted to any screenings of the Joker, as corporate is choosing to exercise its rights to the private premises. Any questions as to whether or not you fall under the banner of law enforcement may be addressed to the local manager. We thank you for complying. AMC theaters um so uh it was a legit flyer okay um amc put it up hang on so okay. so, so, so so i'm debunking the myth here all right so it's a it's a 50 50 fat check fact check uh 50 of it's true 50 of it's not okay uh 50 of it's true it was a real flyer that was hung up on an AMC theater, all right? So so that really did happen. So I posted on Twitter about it, and within three minutes, got a response from AMC Guest Services. And so AMC Guest Services on Twitter claims that uh, they did not put it up and that when they found it, they took it down. That's what they claim. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently the flyer was taken down, and that's no longer... A thing, but the thing that bothered me the most was um, why the flyer was made in the first place. Yeah, that's... I mean, even if it wasn't AMC, somebody has such a problem with the police that they don't want their protection in case there's I don't, a shooter. I don't know. I don't even understand the thought process me behind neither. it. Like it's bizarre. Do they think that the cops are going to become Joker and murder everybody? How many of the mass shooters were undercover cops? Yeah, exactly. I would venture at zero. Yeah. Anyway. I'd bet a lot of money on that. So there's your 50-50 behind-the-scenes scoop there um, that, uh, yeah, we found out. We actually got a response from AMC Theaters, which was nice. I guess we're making a big enough wave now to where they feel like (laughs) they have to address it very quickly uh, yeah. if we post about like something. it may have been a rogue employee if it was, you know, an employee oh, at AMC. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I never really believed that it was AMC policy. In yeah. fact, in my tweet, I actually said, hey, AMC Theaters, is this real? Yeah. And if it is real, wouldn't you want cops to be there, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how I addressed it. I didn't say AMC Theater hates cops. Right, you know, right. I, I didn't I didn't address it that way. But anyway, so there's the answer, Jada underscore AG, to that question. Uh, Jake's looking at me. So before we go any further, let's get into a sponsor. 
Self-defense is your God-given right, period. But it is your responsibility to practice, which is why I want you to go to your computer right now and get an iTarget Pro system. This is the first dry fire training system to combine smartphone technology with the industry's best laser bullet. Using your smartphone, their proprietary app tracks a laser bullet which fits your gun and will detect exactly where your shots are landing. iTarget Pro is completely safe and comes with a your caliber specific bullet and target system. Right now, get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code GRAM. Train risk-free for 30 days. Return it if not completely satisfied, but before you do, go to the range and experience the difference. Take it from me, dry fire training will develop muscle memory, help with target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. Plus, you'll save a ton of money on ammo. Go to itargetpro.com. That's the letter itargetpro.com. Offer code Graham. All right, moving on. So, uh, let's see. Ooh, this one's uh, from double underscore trouble mom. Do you just love Texas? I absolutely love Texas. Jake loves Texas. Um, I love Texas. I hate Texas allergies. I have just had my butt handed to me for the past four months, man. Uh, it's weird because it's been all right for me. Yeah, it's it's it, well, my whole family. As you cough in the background, oh yeah, it's been great. <laughs> um, my whole family has had quite an adjustment uh, with the allergies here. But no, no, no. We like Texas a lot. It's um, it's finally starting to cool down. And finally, it yeah. only gets up to ninety one today, <laughs> which is <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, but no, we like Texas just fine. All right, let's see what else do we have here. R Litz eighty seven says, "What's the one thing in life you are most afraid of, other than flying?" Yeah. All right. Did, she, did they say other yeah, than flying? Yeah, it says other than flying. Gonna say. Oh, you listen a lot to the show, obviously. Uh, Jake, I'm going to let you take that one first. Oh man, thing I fear most in life, other than flying. Um, let's see. I'd probably say losing friends or family like the fear of like death or like they just abandoning you well probably death you know okay having friends or family pass away is something that i i don't really know besides that well they're not worried about it nope (laughs) i mean you know you know man that i agree with things you can't control i like that a lot oh yeah now see that's me my biggest fear is that i'm gonna like die from being like really really sick Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I would much rather just, you know, when I'm 70, have like an aneurysm and bam, gone. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of thing. Uh, my, my biggest fear has always been that I'm going to get sick to where people have to, like, take care of me. Right. You know, kind of thing. And, and that's just always been something that I've really feared. It, it, genetically speaking, it's an irrational fear because all my family have lived really long lives except for the exception of my dad's dad but he was an alcoholic and drank himself to death but yeah. but either way like my dad is still alive uh my mom's still alive they're in their late 50s uh my grandmother on my dad's side lived to 90 uh my grandfather on my mom's side just turned 90 my grandmother on my mom sorry my grandfather mm-hmm. on my mom's side just turned 90 grandmother's 83 <laughs> So genetically speaking, I've got a pretty good shot of of living yeah. li- li- living a good little bit there. Uh, but 
you know, that that's just always been my my greatest fear is that, you know, my kids, you know, because I mean, take care when you're sick, it's a demeaning time, right? Right. Like like it's a really humbling time. Like nothing will humble a man quicker than the stomach bug. I'm telling you, (laughs) I am telling you, there is something about being curled at the base of a toilet that Mm -hmm. just really puts life in perspective of how much, how important you're not. Right. Oh yeah. And so I don't know, man, just the thought of like, like my kids having to like help me like go to the bathroom and stuff. I I don't know. It also changed the dynamic because you know that they're going to get sick of that eventually. Yeah. You know, and and, and so I I don't know that that's just always been my biggest fear other than flying. Yes. Hashtag Dear America. What is your greatest fear? All right. Michaela Gillison says, oh, this is a good one, Jake. Thoughts on trans people dominating women's sports. Well, we've talked about this one before. We've talked about this one before, so so, so we won't stay too long. I, I'm I'm pro transgender uh, leagues. Sure, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> like I'm pro. I think we should create transgender leagues uh, to where if you're a dude that wants to pretend to be a girl, you got a league. If you're a girl that wants to pretend to be a dude. You got a league, yeah. Uh, you know, and and just just. But look how bad the women's basketball league have is in ratings. At it. Yeah, but but in reality, it'd be a bunch of dudes <laughs> in the girl league. Yeah, you know, so it'd be a really strong girl league, but mm-hmm. a really weak dude league. Right. At that point, uh, yeah. calm down, people. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I am. All right, and, and so. Well, you remember whenever the uh, the new boxer, the new. Uh, front for Everlast, which is a male transgender, so it was a female that became a male, right? and the new face of Everlast. One professional fight, and she's the face, I'm saying she, I, I, I don't do their new things, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it, the face of Everlast. I just, I think it's overhyped, I think the amount of people who are trans and want to compete in, you know, men's competitions is small, but, but yeah, it's unfair, I mean, in the UK, they... The female rugby league is going on strike, basically. They don't want to play because it's not fair. Rugby's already violent enough to have men coming in the female leagues. It's, it just doesn't work. If they want to have their own league, sure. I don't know how they're going to pay for it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I support it in that in that yeah, way. I'm not pro. I'm not pro transgenders being in the opposite gender leagues. Right. Uh, that that no, because because you cannot change biology. I mean, you just can't. You right. can't change your DNA. You know what I'm saying? Like like you can pump hormones into your body. You can have as many surgeries as you want. But at the end of the day, genetically, if you're a dude, you're a dude. Uh, yeah. And like, if you're a girl, you're a girl. It's like what we said with Zuby. It's never the case that it's women trying to be in men's sports. Yeah, it's, it's men trying to be in women. Always yeah. men trying to be in women. Yep. So yep, we're yep, looking yep. out for the well-being of women here and. We're called bigots. All right. Scott underscore Howard underscore 22. What's with the left? (laughs) He accidentally misspelled it and said, what's with the theft? (laughs) (laughs) What's with the left saying PB&J sandwiches are racist? Now, I saw this. I saw this report. It was a meme. Were you there when I read the meme? I think so. Okay. It was a meme and it said, uh, 1970s, and it said, I bet in the future we'll have a cure for cancer, yeah. have flying cars and all that stuff. And then it said 2019, and it had the local news, PB&J sandwiches, are they racist? Yeah. That's where we've uh, devolved to. Um, 
other than that, that's all I really know about the story. I didn't read about it because there's just some things you see the title and you're just like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And you just keep going on. I mean, if you believe that everything is racist. Is it because is it because it's two white pieces of bread in trapping the peanut butter, which is brown Probably. on the inside? Like, is that what they're trying to Then what's jelly? What's the jelly? Who is that? Right, like who in history got to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? If you're going to go that route, then you should just say Oreos are racist. Well, no, then it's the opposite. Then you got two two dark cookies. Well, only white people can be racist. And mer- well, then are vanilla Oreos racist? No, it's just white people oppressing white people. I mean, but no, but I mean, <laughs> did we, I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know why, like, what is the, like, like we did the okay symbol. Yeah, okay. That's white power. That's what they said there. But I don't know, like, what the thought process behind PB&J sandwiches what being racist are. some of the other ones? I don't just, know. You know. I don't There's so many, it's hard to keep track. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't really know a lot about it. I saw it, but, you know, it was one of those things that I just kind of uh, went about my life on Stephen underscore W1776, good name, says this. How easy should it be to buy a gun as a legal law-abiding of-age citizen in the USA? Um, I think that, I don't think that it should be the easiest thing to buy a gun. And what I mean by that is, I, I buying a gun isn't that hard. Right. Uh, you know, you got to have an ID. You got to pass a background check. And you got to be able to afford the gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's really not difficult now. Car- carrying should be more difficult. Concealed than carry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to go to a class. You got to learn what you're doing. A little things like that. You know, and, and that's that's far more in depth. Having a gun at your home or having a gun inside your vehicle, it's a lot different than carrying it around mm-hmm. every day, all the time, right? Um. Yeah, so I think that it should be fair. I think it should be relatively easy, but it kind of already is. But it's not so easy that just anybody can buy a gun either. I mean, you have to pass a background check, and they run it right there, like on the spot. Mm -hmm. Like, I have purchased a lot of firearms, a lot, lot, lot of firearms. And when I moved states, even though I had gotten an ID in the state, because I had moved states, it took like an hour for my background check to come through. Hmm. And they would not, I mean, they yeah. ain't budget. And I've even got a concealed carry license and everything. I stood there for an hour waiting on the system to populate that yeah. I was good to go. And so um, I don't, I think that this is a big myth that people just walk into stores and just throw cash at them and then walk out yeah there was an article i think it was washington post but this this lady was trying to prove how easy it was to get a gun mm. so she walks into walmart and she's like i'd like a gun please they're like all right background check all this stuff and they it didn't work so she basically had to write this article saying it's a little harder than i thought yeah it is it's not that easy the vast majority of people that think that it's super easy to get guns have never bought a gun yeah if you pass the background check you should be good. In some places, you know, they send it to the uh, the gun shop that you have to go pick up. You can't just get it on Amazon. But I see it. We've had this conversation before about, like, all things that can kill people. If you're worried about crazy people getting a gun that they might use to go kill people, well, then buying a truck needs to be that difficult, you know, because you can just buy a, a truck and go run people over. There's tons of things you can 
buy that can cause a lot of harm to people. So, all right, this is a good one. Uh, this is different. This is non-political, so it'll be it'll be fun. This is from RK93. <laughs> under, I guess it's like three underscores. It's like super long. Forty-two. Okay, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> um, what is a normal day? For Graham Allen. Hmm. Easy. Yeah. Uh, there is no normal day <laughs> for, for, for Graham Allen. Um, dang, how do I, I thought that would be easy. How do I go about that one, Jake? Um, Jake's the one you should ask what a normal day is. Jake, what's a normal day like working with Graham Allen? Okay. There you go. Uh, well, we have two shows. Uh-huh. Rant Nation and Dear America. Yep. Uh, two of each. Mm-hmm. So Monday morning is the podcast. So we come in. Uh, For about an hour or so, we kind of discuss what's going on in the news, uh, how we're going to set up the podcast. They know the show, Jake. They're listening to it right now. (laughs) Well, they don't know that we're in here an hour before (laughs) discussing. We film the podcast. We get the audio released at noon, video at four, and then we kind of use the rest of the day to discuss what we're going to film tomorrow for Mm -hmm. Rant Nation. Tuesday, we come in basically the same kind of a day except it's rant nation instead of dear america and we just repeat that on wednesday and thursday and we're doing social media videos in the time between uh grabbing lunch uh going to see movies you know yeah we procrastinate a lot uh (laughs) no so so i would think one major uh false narrative of all this stuff that we do is you know, I think a lot of people see the videos and stuff, and they're like, oh, well, that's it. That's all they did that day. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, man, that must be awesome to do that kind of stuff. And and it's so much more than that. So a lot of people think that me and you are attached at the hip all the time, and that's not true at all. Um, so Jake is more so, uh, right now at least, the, 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 the stationary, like making sure everything's running smoothly for the shows and everything at all the time. I, unfortunately, I wish that I didn't have to do it so much, but I travel so much these days that I do a lot of in and out stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I pop in, we do the shows, and then, you know, almost immediately I pop back out and I have to go do, you know, meetings and speaking events and catching a flight and da da da. Like even right now, we're filming this because tomorrow I head out to South Carolina and and that's where I'll be when this episode airs and you know a lot of times we have really long days too like um Fox News hits when we got to do Fox News right um we might be on the 6:30 Fox News but here that's 5:30 which here we've got to be in here by 5 but to get here by 5 we got to leave at 4:30 in the morning yeah you know, and so there's been four o'clock mornings. Too. There's been four. Yeah, there's been some four o'clock mornings. <laughs> um, there's been some. Yeah, there's been some early days for sure. And um, there have been times that I've left the West Coast and it was a Wednesday night landed in the East Coast and it was Thursday day. Mm-hmm. And then you had to come pick me up and then we roll straight into shooting. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely has its its times where. It's very draining, man. I mean, you know, it's uh, physically it's draining. Anyone who travels for a living, you know, they, they will tell you it is it is draining traveling. You know, even I mean, it, and it's weird to think about that, like traveling in a truck or a car. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just sitting there for hours. Right. You would think that. it No, it's exhausting and it's draining and it like sucks the soul out of you. And it's really hard to 
do that and be just completely drained. And then the second you land somewhere, well, now you got to go talk in front of a couple thousand right. people. Turn it on. So now you got to turn it on. And so by the time uh, it's time to, for you know bed or whatever, dude, you're just you're just zapped. And so a lot of people, I think they. They, they get kind of taken back a little bit when they meet me in real life because a lot of people think that, you know, I'm just, ah, you know, all the time kind of guy. And the truth is, man, I'm about to be 33 years old and I got three kids. I'm tired a lot of times. And so what happens is I literally fly into these places and I don't like hang out. Like I don't go to the bars, you know, and all that other kind of stuff. Like I do what I'm supposed to do and mm-hmm. then I go to the room. Yeah. And because a lot of times... Uh, I don't even get to go to sleep. Like a lot of times it's like I got to catch up on emails. I got to have FaceTime business calls. You know, we got to do this and do that or op-eds are due or Fox News wants to do a hit tomorrow morning and they need your talking points. I mean, it's just it's it is a 24 seven type job. And that's probably the biggest myth that I see people think all the time is Mm -hmm. that it's just, you know, it used to be. You know, if we're being purely honest, like when it first started, yeah, it used to be. I literally just made a video and then I went about my business for three or four days until I made another video. But yeah. now, man, it's so expanded and it's so big now that it's just, man. Got to give the people what they want. It's a lot, man. It is a lot, 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 lot. And even making videos, Jake, you can you can vouch for this. You know, it, Oh, anybody can do what y'all do, you know, kind of thing. Really? Are you sure? You know, uh, here, here's a topic. Mm-hmm. Here's a topic that literally the whole world is talking about. But you got to say something that nobody else has said yet. Right. You know, to make this go. In like 30 minutes. In 30 minutes. <laughs> go. Go do it. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think I think a lot of people don't realize because what we do is different than like anchors, right? Like mm-hmm. like like Fox News anchors, and we love the anchors there, Jillian, and uh, you know, and Pete, and all those guys. We we love them, but a lot of what they do is they simply report the news as it is. Mm-hmm. They're not opinion based people, right? Like people don't, you guys don't listen to us to hear us tell you what you already know. Right. Right. You listen to us because we are opinion based and we throw opinions and perspectives that maybe you didn't think about or maybe you have or maybe you don't agree with it or whatever. But that's our job. Mm -hmm. And that is exponentially more difficult than simply saying, well, you know, the president was formally impeached today. Da, 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 da. I think it also reaffirms their opinion on the subject. So yeah. they think this way and oh, oh, yeah. nobody else is saying it. And then Graham Allen comes in and just nails it just the way, you know, what they were thinking. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that may be true, too. Uh, but, you know, th- there's a there's a very big creative aspect behind this. Oh, yeah. And so you're a really creative guy. I'm a really creative dude. Uh, we both started kind of in the musical world. And I've talked about this in the past. And, and it's amazing how many people that are in this type of world, you know, media and video and stuff started in the musical side of things, right? Yeah. yeah. Because there's a lot of similarities there. You know, editing a video together is a lot like putting a song together. Mm-hmm. And so we're creative people. And so if I'm messed up, like if I'm depressed or if I'm stressed out or something, I can't think, man. And yeah. if I can't think, we can't do video. Well, I mean, we can, but they suck, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it is a much more complete and total 
assimilation into a process that we do that I just don't think a lot of people understand. And, and, and I really wish one thing that I want to do eventually, maybe a year or so down the road, is I really want to do like some intern stuff. Yeah. Like have some folks that are going to school for this kind of mess and have them intern and see what it, man, this is what it's really like, you know, yeah. come meet us at four o'clock in the morning and then you'll go home at eight tonight, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, and, and feel that for the first time and, and stuff. And so anyway, uh, no, that was a good question. All right. Mm-hmm. Next. What the, all right. Mazara underscore nine. I mean, you got a bone to pick here. Missouri. All right. No, Mazzara. M A Z Z A R A. All right. Underscore nine. Are you ready for this? Not a question, but you sound like Woody from Toy Story. Just realized that in the last episode. I'll have you know that I even said it in the episode that I was struggling with laryngitis <laughs> for the past week and a half. Like, this is the first episode that I felt more like my normal voice. Yeah. How dare you? I'm trying to. I'm trying Woody to. from Toy Story? At least give me. Uh, uh, what, what? Hiya, Andy. Like, I don't even know. Say, there's a snake in my boots. There's a snake in my boots. Uh, you tried to not sound like Woody. There's there. a snake in my boots. That's how he I talks. Still I still don't see it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> wow. I, That's man, funny, though. That's funny. Disrespectful. No, I'm just kidding. That was funny, but I do not. <laughs> I do not sound like Woody like Tim Allen. from Toy Story. <laughs> No, no uh, that'd be Tom Hanks. Be Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. No. All right. Ben.BallroomPro says, is it really possible that this whole impeachment thing is fabricated and there is no issue? Yes. Yes. Uh, even if it's not fabricated, like there is no, th- there is no impeachable offense. There's well, just not. Think of how many times they've tried this. The yeah. Mueller report, Stormy Daniels, Michael Cohen. Again, nothing, man, nothing, nothing. I think that it's all just a ploy to take Biden out. I really do. I do. If they could have got Trump in the process, that would have been the sugar on top. But I, I, the more and more it goes, the they, more and more I truly believe they're trying to narrow down the field and line up more who it is that they really want to get the DNC nod. And, you know, I'd be surprised if Biden goes down for this. I I just I just think it's adding to. uh, Yeah. Adding to the list, man. Adding to the list. All right. Let's do one more. Okay, This is a perfect one to end the questions. Rhonda dot Allen 19. Beautiful last name. It's great. All right. What's the differences between young adults now and young adults from the 90s? Hmm. I'm gonna say, you know, I was a young adult in the in the 2000s, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pump it up a little bit and just say the difference between now and the 2000s. You want to go first? Sure. I think it's uh, like, for instance, I grew up in the early 90s, and we didn't have the internet, we didn't have social mm-hmm. media, so we were watching what the TV wanted to show us. The same with our parents; we only got a handful of opinions, a handful of uh you know narratives i guess you'd say and i think that kind of changes like gen z has all the information in the world now and that's why they might be the most conservative generation but also millennials were the first generation to kind of well no i think it was my parents generation actually that started to coddle their kids the millennials were the first coddle generation i think you know, I yeah. mean, we were the first ones to oh, we don't want to hit them too hard we don't want to punish them too much 
which kind of softened them a little bit. But yeah, depends if she means like young adult, like late teens, early twenties in the nineties. I, I think I think she just means like like young adult, like yeah. you know, eighteen up. That's what yeah. I you know that's what I think. I'd say internet for sure is a big. You know, I was eighteen in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I have been an adult for a while now, but I've been a young adult for, we're going on 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that, you know, I mean, I still remember very vividly, like when cellular phones first started coming around and, and you like had to take your car to the car shop and they would freaking drill holes in your car and install it and have cords and all this stuff. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the first time that I got a cell phone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I remember, you know, having to connect to internet, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, I remember that. I remember a, uh, AOL messenger or whatever yeah, it is. AIM. AIM. That's it. You remember having to remember phone numbers? Too? Yeah. Remember phone numbers. Oh I remember very vividly, you know, calling for a buddy at his house and his mom answering, Oh, he's not here right now. He's with his dad. And you just weren't talking to him. Yeah, that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> You'd be like, well, all right, I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Um, I, I, but technology aside, right? So yeah, obviously the biggest, just most visual difference is this just connectedness mm-hmm. uh, that nothing is off limits now, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but with all that power has some bad repercussions to it. So mm-hmm. now you got these little twerps that think they know everything all the time because they can just Google it and all this stuff. So nobody really retains any knowledge anymore. Everybody's just learned how to look things up. Yeah. Right. And so everybody thinks they're a freaking expert because it's super easy about, you know, you get asked a question, you just Google it real quick. Ooh, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the biggest thing to me outside the technology is... There seems to be, you know, when I was when I was a senior in high school, man, I was from a nowhere town in Mississippi, um, and I knew that if I ever wanted to get out of that town, I was going to have to work for it mm-hmm. and work really hard and work a lot. And in fact, I came from such a small town, the only really option I had to get out of there was to join the military, mm-hmm. of which it was 2005 during the surge. I knew I was going to war to have to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like a no-brainer for us. It was like, yep, then, you know, that's just that's just what we got to do, you know, to 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 make it happen. And we seem to have lost that in my opinion. That that whole, well, you know, we got to do what we got to do kind of thing. You know, it may suck right now, but by God, that's what we got to do. Right. And now you've got all these people that just are like, well, you know, I should just I should just have these things and I should just be yeah. given these things. Like, why? Why don't I when I graduate high school have a seventy thousand dollar truck like my dad has? Yeah. You know, and all this other kind of stuff. Well, your dad has worked his butt off for the mm-hmm. past 20, 30 years while paying for you to get that seventy thousand dollar truck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is no offense to people who make videos for a living (laughs) (laughs) but when i was a teenager that was not an option i'm gonna be a youtube star no it's a new job such no no no, it's a new job yeah so i mean cool jobs like that were not i mean you had to go into the real world and now a lot of kids are i'm gonna make videos yeah well well what you'll notice is like there's two very different uh 
social media phenomenons, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's the older ones like me, and then there's the younger ones. So like, you know, like um, Logan Paul would be a young one. Yeah. Um, crap. Whoa, Vicky. You know, that that girl and stuff like that would be young ones. And then you've got people like me, uh, Matt Best, Ben Shapiro, uh, Crowder, you know, folks like that. I mean, yeah. we're all in our 30s, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And all of us had like real jobs before we did this, mm-hmm. right? You know, like I was in the military for 12 years. I know Matt was like eight years, but then he did like Ranger. three or four years in the CIA, like contractor stuff, you know, and all that mess. Mm. And he wasn't in the CIA. It was like a contract. Anyway, it, what I'm saying is we, we, we grew up in this. We knew we had to work. Mm-hmm. And then the internet evolved around us. And then we found another avenue right. of a job, Translated. right? Whereas you've got these people like Logan Paul, which, hey, man, look, at the end of the day, you got to give it to the dude. I mean, he makes a lot of money doing his stuff. And so I don't hate on Logan Paul for that. I don't. I am curious how much someone like a Logan Paul actually matures in their life Mm -hmm. when this is all they've known. And again, we just talked about it. It's very difficult to do this type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like that dude works all the time. I'm not negating that either. But from a very young age, he had it made. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. And, and so it, it just questions questions the uh, the thought process behind a lot of young people these days. And so to me, that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, the biggest difference is that now a lot of people, like my son, even he's like, "I'm going to be a YouTube star when I grow up." No, you're not. You're going to get a job. <laughs> you're going to work at Sonic as a cook, and then you're going to get fired just like your dad did. <laughs> All right, that's how we're going to do it because we're we'll we're Allens, and that's what we do. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much it for this episode. Yeah. We hope you guys enjoyed this can can I almost said this Candace the Candace episode. we hope you enjoyed this Candace episode <laughs> shout out Candace Owens we love you to death uh we hope you enjoyed this candid episode um yeah every once in a while I kind of like slowing it down a little bit and, yeah. and just just having some discussions here a little less theatrics yeah if you will but that is all we have for this episode of Dear America. So, Jake, real quick, where can they find you? Find me on uh, Instagram at producer underscore Jake. And, of course, I am Graham Allen. Thank you guys so much for listening to this special episode of the Dear America podcast. And we'll see you again next time. See you.